Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Romania, where I'm sitting down with a brand new friend I'm super excited about. He's going to be sharing about the gospel and quantum physics or something like that. We'll see. Andre, brother, you have been such a joy since I met you for the first time last week. Glad if it worked that way. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually very excited to uh, talk about this subject because uh, I really believe a Christian can become wise, like in Proverbs, you know. So Christians should really be able to have a spirit of understanding included in the quantum physics realm, you know. What's your, you, you have a degree in uh, theology? Yes, I have a and And uh, in computer science. Computer science. Hardware. Uh-huh and also in uh, physics. You also have a degree in physics. I, uh, I had uh, this uh, master uh, in uh, lasers. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, in Romania we have the strongest lasers in the world. Really? Yeah, like the highest power, highest out output power. Yeah. Wow. 10 petawatts. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So, Introduce me to this, I, because this is the first time I've heard of this kind of connection. You were just sharing that you believe that, I mean, even Jesus in his parables used things that you can prove or identify with in physics and quantum physics. Yes. Actually, in uh, quantum physics, you have this principle of superposition, you know, where actually um, it might seem hard to understand at the first, but it's actually very easy if you let your mind uh, float and roam in these uh, things. Like uh, superposition is, is uh, one particle being in uh, same place as another particle in the same time, or sharing characteristics which uh, maybe in the older physics is, is that possible to have two particles existing in the same place at the same time? That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> because actually uh, it is possible uh, if you stop thinking uh, in this uh, classical physics uh, style, you know, because actually look at light. Light is made of tiny particles we call photons, okay? And uh, that is great, but it's been argued that Light is not uh, made of particles, you know, it's, it's a wave actually. And uh, there was this guy, Michelson, who actually proved to some interference experiment called the double split experiment, double slit experiment, uh, which uh, proved uh, that light is actually a wave. And a wave can be in, sec in two places at once. You know, a wave can do, you can have a light from here, from, from left, going another uh, uh, another light from right going and they made they meet and there this you know this 
uh, light is in the same place, the, the A light and the B light, they are occupying the same space in time, in the same time. So does that mean that light is not made of matter? So actually it's made of, it's, it's both. It's both. It's both. <laughs> that's, the, that's the point. It's called the duality of uh, the, the light, uh, the, the, the particle wave duality, it's called. So when you say both, does that mean both energy and matter or? Yes, okay. both wave and matter. Would you is wave? say more properly? Okay, so wave, is wave a type of energy or no? No, it's more than that. Oh, it's more than that, okay. Yeah, you're just describing the transport, you know? Okay. The wave. Energy is uh, something else, like uh, you have potential energy and cinetic energy, and if every time something you, you move something, that's cinetic energy, yeah. and you have potential energy stored. Yes. See, like in an atom, you have this uh, matter, and matter is comprised of uh, atoms, and atoms are comprised of these little particles. But when you split the atom, energy comes out. So mass, or matter, can be converted into energy because there's this thing called potential energy, you know? Yes. So matter is still energy. It's just stored energy, potential energy. Right, okay. You know? I feel like I'm going back to science class in high school, <laughs> which is the only time I really, oh, I, I did take science in university as well, but it was like the very basic, like what can I take to get me through? Like I didn't really take a, interest but this is this is fascinating so you're re-educating me i some of the things you're saying i'm like i remember a little bit yeah yeah going to high school and that <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> talk about light in, light in high school yeah so you have uh, this principle of superposition which says uh, that uh, they share the same characteristics you know in the same time you know the share po the same position or uh, same characteristics. And uh, there were actually scientists who said, I'm gonna prove superpo superposition doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, because we usually only observe it at uh, a really micro scale, mm. you know? And uh, <laughs> there, was there, there was this, uh, I think, German uh, scientific uh, uh, science man who was uh, an engineer at base, and he wanted to prove that superposition was wrong. So he took uh, a small um, uh, plate very small, like uh, micro, in the micro range. And then... Can uh, I? Yes. And uh, the issue is still not the result. What issue? Uh, I have an issue. And then you have uh, this uh, uh, plate, the small, small, small plate. And uh, he vibrated it. No, no, no. But uh, he also let it not vibrate, you know? So it, was pro it had a probability of vibrating, also a probability of not vibrating, but it was a certain frequency. So, if superposition was right, if you do multiple measurements, you should catch that uh, plate uh, sometimes vibrating in an instant, and in some other instances, like standing still, perfectly still. And uh, if it's not, if superposition is wrong, you would also catch the intermediary uh, states, uh, like uh, between the vibration and going to zero vibration, uh, like cooling down, you know? <laughs> okay. And he did a lot of experiments, and uh, every time it was only one of the two states. It was like never uh, in between. So it, it, it was a proof to him and to everyone that uh, the plate 
was doing this in the same the same time, like vibrating and not vibrating in the same time, you know, which uh, proved the principle of superposition. It yeah. proves that it is true that it two, is true. two two states can exist in the same time at, at the two same states. place. Two states can exist states. at the same time in the same place. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which states which shouldn't? Yeah. Like in particle physics, in old classic physics, this was impossible. And how is that related to the gospel? You see, this uh, uh, Jesus told this parable of the landowner, and um, he actually planted the good seeds. You know the parable? Mm -hmm. Where yes. He planted the good seeds, and uh, during the night, the enemy came, and he planted bad seeds. You know? And uh, then the uh, workers of this uh, landowner, which landowner symbolized God, came to the landowner and said, let us uh, root out uh, the bad ones, because uh, you don't want bad, one, bad, one, bad uh, seed in, in your plantation. Mm. So uh, he said, uh, do not root out these seeds, because you might root out the good seeds also and the good plants also. So this is the uncertainty principle, you know? Actually, uncertainty allows for superposition. Like, uh, if you measure something, you become certain of its state. You know, you observe it. I observe this glass, so it's not uncertain anymore. So I know its state, I know its color, I know its measurements, you know? But uh, if I'm not measuring something, it's uncertain. And actually, quantum physics says that it has all the states it can have if it's in the uncertain state. Like a photon, that if, a photon if you're not measuring it, it's in the same time here and there. You know, in the same time. Because you're not measuring it. When you're measuring it, the wave function collapses and you know, but it also becomes uh, true for that particle, that measurement, the state, it becomes true, it's measured, you know, like the judgment day of God, you know, when he measures us, he mm. judges us, so it becomes established, established, you're that one, or you're the other one, but till the judgment day, you can't actually say that uh, the, uh, your neighbor is a Christian, or he's not a Christian, if you're uncertain, you're not uh, allowed to send him to hell. You know, because if it's uncertain, then uh, it allows this battle inside him and this journey to God, mm. you know, to happen. And it's uh, written that uh, Paul said that we are judged here on earth to not be judged there. So it's like light shines upon us and our state is measured. You know, it's be it became clear to everyone that we are sons of God. You know, <laughs> and everyone can know that. I, I just shared, I don't know if this relates in any way, but as you're speaking, I'm reminded of sharing with a group of believers in the UK very recently about the duality that we mm. very rarely acknowledge. Oftentimes when we say we're saved or we talk about being Christian, we very rarely talk about the sin that we continue to commit. And if we are sinners, we very rarely talk about the salvation that is available. Uh, the reason why this duality is important, for me anyway, is because I see myself wrestling with the same thing that Paul described. That I do the things I don't want to do. 
and the things that I want to do, I don't do. And um, oftentimes what I share with people is because, or what I share with people is that in Christian circles, we don't like to talk about challenges until there's a testimony. So we like to share about challenges as if they came at a certain hour, and then we went through the challenge, and then we had victory. So you share in church the victory. When actually, at least for me, I'm not saying for you, Andre, maybe you're a better Christian than me, but for me, there are times where I am experiencing both victory and failure at the same time, in the same place. That in one place, I have victory. In one place, at the same time, I have failure. And they exist both at the same time inside of me. Now, I continue to cling to the cross and the forgiveness that he gives me. But in my human nature, which doesn't just sin, it desires sin. I also desire God. And so there's this battle inside, duality of nature inside of me. Not duality of God, God is perfect. But when God comes in, his perfection in me is resisted by me. Yeah, that's a same, great example. The same of me. Superposition. Yeah, the same me that wants him is the same me that rejects him. The same now my hope is the me that wants him is greater than the me that rejects him. But I I have to admit, and it's not easy. Many people will say, well, you're not a good Christian, that's why. <laughs> but inside of me I have to admit, there is always a duality of victory and failure where like let's say on one side I will I will have I will be able to control my diet but on another side I can't control my lust or maybe I can control my lust but I can't control my gluttony like I, I want to over consume um, on one side I'm able to pray and be close to God on another side, I will enjoy to do things that are not of God. This is a duality that I find in today's many conversations I can have today with Christians that will tell me this is wrong. That's why I find hope in the writings of Paul. I find hope in the heroes of the Bible because all of the heroes of the Bible had both successes and failures at the same time. That's superposition right there. And actually, it's very interesting what you said, because, you know, I, I told you I graduated theology also, and I like theology. And uh, <clears throat> if, or, if you were not explaining this, uh, people might uh, think it's something wrong, but it's not. Actually, uh, this superposition principle allows us to understand it better, you know? Actually, uh, some people think that uh, it's not a journey to become the Son of God, but it is. You know, Paul said in Romans 12 that we need to renew our mind. You know, so you remember I was speaking about the mind? So we have this uh, instrument, this tool, that it's our mind, that we can use to become more. You know, more what God wants us, wants us to become. We are children of God and sons of God and so on. You know? so. We need to become what God wants us to become. But the mind is not renewed when you become saved. So it needs to be renewed. You see? So every time my human nature, which can be found 
like traces of it in my mind. Uh, every time my human nature, nature from there uh, influences my, my thoughts, my life, you know, you're kind of uh, start to act because your mind is not renewed, but it doesn't mean that your identity, who you actually became behind that mind, didn't change. It did. But the mind needs to be renewed also. Mm. And uh, it allows for duality as long as you're not decided. If you're decided, you became. If you're decided, your identity becomes measured. It's clear. You shone, you shone light upon it and it's measured. So if uh, your decision of who you want to be and you told God and God agrees with that, then uh, the decision can be tested and that testing of it means to shine light upon it and it becomes true to everyone and everyone uh, can, can I see. Can I stop you just right there? You said something very interesting that I never really thought about. Science, in order to prove tests, Yes. in order to prove yes. measures. Yes. So testing for us as Christians becomes a type of measurement. Yes, definitely, definitely. And actually... So we become a science project <laughs> for, yeah, for God in, in, some way. In, in some ways. But is the measurement for Him or is it for us? It's for exactly what yeah. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly what I was about to say, that the measurement is actually, exactly, actually for us. Because if we, if we say we decide, we're not convinced about it, mm. you know? So it's not really rooted inside of us. But if we believe, mountains can be moved. And actually the free will that God gave us, is actually the free will to decide who you are, who you decide to be. That's the freedom that God gives us, you know? And we speak about destiny, for example. And uh, we have prophecies about destiny and so on. But actually people were not going to walk in that destiny by force. I know it sounds odd for the Calvinists, but it's not. Because when you become one with God, the decision that you made and that God agreed with you, so he made that decision too, because God is outside time, the decision becomes outside of time. So the decision is made right there, outside of time, before you were born or after you were born because it's outside of it, outside of time. Hmm. So it's still I, free and will. I, and I have actually, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> and I know nothing about quantum phys physics, but I have said the same thing in the way that if I believe that God is omniscient, which I believe, all-knowing, if I believe that he is omnipotent, all-powerful, and if I believe that he is omnipresent, which I do, which means that he doesn't just exist at all places at once, he exists at all times at once. Yeah. And so he doesn't tell me what I have to do in the future for my decision, but he exists when I make my decision. And before and, he, and after. And he exists before and after my decision. That's such a wonderful, powerful wonderful thought. and hard thought. Yeah that he knows what I will decide, but he didn't decide for me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that's the, the thing that uh, everyone, Calvinists or non-Calvinists, need to understand, so this debate uh, could be ended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's really the same thing. Yeah. You know, because in his greatness, God uh, loves freedom. The Spirit of God lives uh, where the freedom is, you know, Corinthians, and uh, so on. God doesn't 
allow you not to be uh, to have freedom. He doesn't accept that. He he loves you. So by definition, he wants you to be free, to have freedom, to have choice. So by definition, he accepts to limit himself, like he limited himself uh, doing kenosis. You know, when Jesus came on earth, and he limited his own nature, like he ha still had that nature, but he limited it. You know, we have this thing in uh, programming, like uh, you can have a lot of, uh, uh, how do you call them in English, like methods or uh, uh, routines. Yeah, all these routines. And if you don't declare them in your, in your software, you can't use them, <laughs> you see? <laughs> so uh, the same thing, you know, somehow. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like a parable. Okay, so superposition. That's yeah. an amazing one. I love that one. Any, do you have other like quantum physics concepts that transfer over to the gospel or the gospel transferring into quantum physics? Yes, other? quantum entanglement, for example. Quantum entanglement. I like the idea of this. Okay. That's wonderful. It says, uh, I mean, Einstein called it spooky action at a distance. Spooky action at a distance. Yeah, and he called it like to mock it, you know, but it actually exists. So quantum entanglement uh, is uh, this phenomenon that people observe that uh, you have one particle here, like on your left, for example, another particle on your right, and uh, you, they are uncertain. So they have superposition, so they have both states. Let's say they, have, they can have two, two states. So they have both states at the same time, like all the time, until you measure them. And the odd thing is that you're measuring this particle and it, it becomes like uh, horizontally polarized, for example. And then you measure the other particle and it has the opposite state. It's like uh, it's, the, it's vertically polarized. So it's like these two particles like a cross <laughs> are, are like the same, the two sides of a coin, yeah, like the okay. same particle at the same time. Yeah. Only they are in different places. Yeah. You see? So uh, I like how Jesus says that we are also, I mean, or that uh, he is in heaven and we are here in him, you know? And also we are here on earth, you know? And you have uh, this uh, superposition, which means, uh, by the way, you, people observe superposition only it, when it was the same source, you know, the same laser source, the, the, same, the same source. You know, mm. only then people observed superposition so far. And uh, uh, I mean quantum entanglement. I meant quantum entanglement, really, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking yeah. about quantum entanglement. Yeah. I was thinking forward, so yeah. <laughs> sorry for that. And uh, you observe uh, quantum entanglement when it's from the same source, you know? Particles from the same source are entangled, you know? And it's like a spooky action of a from a distance because you measure this one and you know the state that is like on the other side of the moon or somewhere else, mm. you know, which is wonderful. But Jesus also expressed it that uh, we are also in heaven, but we are also here, you know, because we are from the same source. And uh, yeah, I know it's a little bit harder to understand, but it is a wonderful principle. So this idea <laughs> is of duality of occupation like you like you can exist in heaven and on earth at the same time uh, would this in any way relate to uh, I guess you were talking about God and the God the Father and God the Son on earth 
Would this be an example of uh, quantum entanglement? Definitely, but yeah. um, also... Are there other examples of quantum entanglement in the spiritual sense, in the biblical sense? Are there biblical references that you could see that would be... Yes. Like what? Yes, because uh, God the Father is like the source of things, the causality, you know? The, the cause. You know, and Son is begotten, even if he's infinite and without beginning, like... Uh, he still is begotten, you know, the word of God spoken out of God, hmm. the Father, you know, so he's begotten. So uh, he's the first out of many, it's written, and we are sons of God and Christians. And, you know, you can uh, see this, uh, I was thinking of the practical example with my father or something, but uh, you can actually see it a lot, like... Uh, Everywhere you go, you can feel God through the Christians, you know. So either you're meeting this church or the other church, you can still uh, feel the manifestation of the same God. So this is what would be close to what actually quantum entanglement would be like, you know. You're, they, ha they, are, they have the, sa the same state, the state of love, you know. The state of like what God imprinted in them. So you can see God through the same Christians. That's a very interesting concept. One of the things that I have shared a bit is the fact that uh, we are made, I, be I believe, we are made in the image of God. But I believe that we are too small to reflect the image of God. So man by himself is not the image of God. G man and woman together in their character better reflects the image of God. But even man and woman together is too small because God is so big to reflect the image of God. So the closer we get to the image of God is actually all men, all women for all times. So throughout history, it takes all of us, all because we, we're so different, right? You're, the bride of Christ. I'm, I'm sitting here with your children and your children, you have three children. You and your wife together made three children. Same people, but each child you made is Unique. so different. So different. Like, like it's it's not like there's a uniformity with your children. It's not like you, the two of you, because two plus two, four, right? You're you two plus or one plus one, two. You got one plus one equaling ten, fifty, thirty-one. You know, it's like the your children come out with different equations that you have no control over. You can have, one of the things I find fascinating is you can have a brilliant scientist marry a brilliant scientist and they have a child and they want nothing to do with science. You can have a bread maker come together with a prostitute and they give birth to a mathematical genius. <laughs> it, Actually that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, but what I'm saying is that all people that have ever been and all people that will ever be all together represent this this idea uh, represent the image of God and I think that's why it's so bad that when you abort a baby or kill a person yeah. because you remove from the world this this benefit this beauty of having a, a an additional representative of who God is and so when you talk about begotten I okay Jesus is God and we are not but there is this representation of us being the image of God for others to see, others to enjoy, 
others to have benefit from. If you change the mathematical operation, like from addition to multiply, you, have, you can have 1 multiplied by 1 equals 1 multiplied by 1 multiplied by 1. So it's uh, not impossible in math. I mean, uh, God created math and uh, he likes it. <laughs> he does. He, there's actually a number, there, there, there's actually a, a book in English that we call Numbers. So he likes numbers so well he named a book after it. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> so there's no uh, real issue now, only if you're taking the wrong math for it, like addition, when it's actually multiplication, you know? <laughs> yeah. Then you can really get it, one multiplied by one, having an, any number of ones. Okay, so quantum entanglement. Um, Superposition? Superposition? Yeah, superposition. Any other? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> about quantum entanglement, I just wanted to specify. Uh, you said that we are, uh, like, we reflect the image of God. You know, this was very curious for me that when I read the scripture, it's written actually that we are becoming the image of God. Not like a reflection of it, mm. but we are becoming the image, you know, Corinthians 3, uh, 17 and 18. Yes. You know? Yeah. What does that mean? So, actually, we are not just uh, uh, separate from God and we reflect Him. Because mm. that's impossible. We have limits. But God does not have limits. So, it's about this unity that Jesus prayed in John 17. Lord, uh, God, I'm praying that they can be one as I am one with you. So what does that mean? <laughs> so that's actually... Because uh, now we get into an area like, am I God? Exactly. So we are not God by our strength. We are not God by anything. But if you become one with God, you have to stay there. <laughs> and still be one with God. Like, if I become one with my wife, do I still keep my personality? Of course. Can I still be one? I can. Can I still be one with God and still be myself? Well, Jesus was a different person. That was the Holy Trinity means. So, Jesus was able to still be a person and be one with God. So, we can still be we can still have our identity defined by God, okay, but we can still have our own identity, like diversity, in unity. We can still be one with God. So it's not about uh, me now, being now God we, or you being God. Yeah, have we grown then from a trinity to a quantity? Exactly. <laughs> so it's not about me being God or you being God, but it, it's about where are we going to be? What is heaven? It's being inside him. It's being in him. It's being one with him. Mm. So without that, there's no heaven. Mm. So you can't allow for less than that. Than being one with God. Mm -hmm. You're not going to heaven if you're not going to become one with God. Period. Just so that I understand, this is great wine conversation. This is yeah. why you have wine okay. at a dinner table. So for those that can't see where we're at we are in a restaurant right now we're actually you know there are people around us so people can hear us and yeah. we have enjoyed actually finished off my glass unfortunately because i could use more right now um but 
are, are just for clarification. I'm sorry? No. Yeah. Uh, I would just ask, do I want another bottle? Uh, yes, I do, but I don't have time for it. Um, the, the question that I have now, and what I love about this, what I love about doing our podcast is that we're not afraid to ask questions. That's wonderful. And I think that we need to ask the hard questions. So the question that I have is that, are you saying something that can be equated with the Mormons? Because you know the Mormon idea is that as God is, we will one day be. As we are, God once was. So it's this idea that we will become God one day. Is that no. what you're saying? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like the question. I really yeah. like it because it yeah. really goes into the depth of it. Yes. So, no, definitely no. Yeah. Okay. So it's been told us by scripture that we can get this divine nature in us. That's in scripture, in First Peter and so on. Yeah. That's obvious. But it doesn't mean that we become God like uh, the ones who's going, who, who are going to decide. Because it's been written that everyone should bow to the name of Jesus. You know? So there's different, this, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> this is different, you know? Like, uh, there are people who believe that uh, just for our listeners, the wife, Andre's wife, just told him that I think he needs to quiet down in the yes, restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. We have some distance, so. We do. Okay. We, we're in the back of a restaurant. And, so. and they are listening. Yeah. <laughs> good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, what, it's good. that's what happens if you ask him a question that he's passionate about. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love I'm really it. So passionate about His wife said that's what happens when you ask a question that he's passionate about. I love this. So, quantum <laughs> physics. Yeah and the gospel, do we become God, continue. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's not like uh, we become the ruler of the universe. Yeah. That's definitely not. Do we get the divine nature? That's definitely yes, because it's written in the Bible, in Peter and so on. What does that mean? Does it mean that we should be these uh, tyrannic people that go everywhere and rule? Definitely no, but it means that we should uh, become the image of God. So if you're one with someone, I remember the, a question that my physics teacher asked me in high school, you know, and uh, actually she was upset on me <laughs> because of some stuff. I was really good at physics, but I wasn't that uh, disciplined person, more rebellious one. So she had problems with that. And then at the end of the year, she was like balancing what to do with me. And uh, she, she said, I have a different question for you because I knew the physics questions and she knew I would answer them perfectly, so no problem. So ask me something different. And she said, you Christians, if someone is gonna slap you on your cheek, are you gonna just turn the other cheek and keep doing that all for all the time? And then I looked her in the eye and I said, uh, Miss Professor, I, I, I don't know if I got it right in English. Anyway, uh, Professor, uh, if you love someone, you, you're not going to feel, feel the desire to slap him back. You know? <laughs> and then she really cooled down mm. and she changed, actually. <laughs> from a professor that uh, kept uh, giving all the people bad grades 
even if they're going to Olympics and all that, to someone who started to respect and appreciate people a lot. Yeah. yeah I, when we talk about the image of God, I think that that is so important because if we are made in the image of God, God likes to create, so we like to create. God loves, so we love. In the image of God, uh, I, God is someone who uh, likes to make order. I th we like to make all of the things that we like to do, I think is a direct result of being made in the image of God. Yes. I've never once, I, I have two dogs. I've never once come to my dogs and found that they like to build uh, a house. I've never seen them get on their knees and build an altar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've never seen I've never seen my dog paint a picture. I've never seen him write music. You know, there there are things that separate us from the animals. Yes, and that I believe is that which makes us in the image of God. Even if we reject God, even if we hate God, if even if we don't believe in God, we still are made in His image. So you want to go to the place where are we able to create? like create like god created the world where are you going in that direction mm. well actually here is it these things or any other thing that should force the people around us needs not only uh, having the ability to create but also authority because uh, you can't have your will imposed over the others because that is not God you see <laughs> so uh, you can't hate your brother and uh, still say that you are the image of God that's definitely no big no <laughs> see so uh, God still can create so if you are in God and uh, you get it that harmony of will that Jesus got while he was on earth, <coughs> yeah, while he was on earth too. Yeah, he had sometimes that, uh, please, uh, that uh, glass of, uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but you know, the, his prayer in Getty money, mm. you know, to be, uh, to be, to go away. Actually, his prayer was uh, obeyed only at a different time. So, uh, if you're going to that harmony, of will then definitely god is the one who's gonna create because he wants the same thing and if you are one with god it's one will it's one desire and if uh, you're speaking the same time with while well, god is you know like the holy spirit can speak through you that means god speaks those words right yeah no, this is so important because one of the things that I often come in contact with is where people will say, the Bible says that if you pray, God will give you the desires of your hearts. So if you pray for a Mercedes, God will give you a Mercedes. If you pray for a mansion, God will give you a mansion. And I hear those words and I say, yes, but if God lives in you, the desires in you change. Definitely. Therefore your prayers change. Your prayers before redemption were very selfish, focused on you. But the prayers after God become unselfish and focus on others. 
and focus on being at one with God. One of the things that I find interesting when we talk about create is the idea of God didn't just create, but he created creation that creates. So his creation creates yes. perpetually. Exactly. And so I think that even in our nature of God, we like to create that which creates perpetually. And you as a programmer probably get very excited if you're able to create a program that does something without your input. Because I do artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah. A lot. I, I like it actually. Yeah. Yeah. Artificial yeah. intelligence. It's like that is the most exciting thing happening right now in both science and computers because it's this idea of creating something that is independently creating something. That is the most kind of godlike feature. <laughs> yeah. God is so wonderful. And about that, um, also to not forget about the other quantum um, principles that are incorporated in the Bible. All of them are incorporated in the Bible. You know, there are especially four of them, which are really important. But uh, about the creation and all that, you know, uh, people are saying uh, things like uh, we are unable to uh, enact God's will uh, only because uh, of fear, you know. <laughs> but actually we should ask these questions. We should ask the hard questions. It's not like we should make the Bible fit our life, but it's like we should ask the hard questions and get to where God wants us to, to become. Because that's one important aspect. You know, for example, in, in my life, all this quantum <laughs> physics uh, understanding is really embedded in my Christian life too. For example, when I make a proclamation of faith, those things obviously exist, but sometimes it happens, sometimes it's not, so what's the truth? You see, I, I, I uh, came to an understanding that actually what works when you're proclaiming something is that you're, you're saying that you want that, and uh, if you are in God and you are becoming that, then actually it becomes real. You see, for example, a person comes to you and tells you about his problem and you're saying oh I'm gonna pray for you brother that might be a lie <laughs> often is <laughs> often is you're better to not say it if you're not gonna Unless do you're it from IHOP but also <laughs> I'm sitting with somebody from IHOP yeah, please go ahead yeah I'm sorry we say it let's pray now let's pray now yeah yeah yes. that's a good one yeah. yeah but also there's some some important aspect to it like uh, if you're praying are you able to become that will to become the desire that he that you want to see him healed, are able to become that reality. I don't know if you understand, but it's not that hard, you know, but if you become... I, I like the way that you said that. I don't know <laughs> if you understand, but it's not that hard. Thank so you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so if I don't understand, I, 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 I get your meaning, Andre. Uh, thank Great. you for having <laughs> grace on me. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes people's experience are blocking our our our, our experience blo are blocking our, our understanding. Yeah. Because we are already think we measured that, that experience, but we actually did not. It might be more to that experience than we uh, draw our conclusion already about it. <laughs> so that shouldn't block us. Our experience shouldn't block us from new understanding. And. Uh, and I like that. Our experience should not block us from new understanding. I like yes. that. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, it should measure again, that's okay, and evaluate yeah. again, yeah. that's great, yeah. but it should not block us from new understanding. And also... Because in science, you measure more than once. Yes. In, in science, in order to prove a theory, you measure... Everything okay. You measure more than once, you test more than once, you test in more than one way. Um, yeah, because you need ways. predictability. Yeah. And if we can get the bill. Cash card? Card. So you have this uh, wonderful thing in uh, when you are applying these principles, you know? It's great if you understand them, but it's wonderful if you live them, you know? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it really is. You see, for example, I, I'm not uh, gonna just uh, say this and whenever I'm gonna meet uh, someone who uh, other people judge, I'm just gonna judge him as well because uh, I don't believe in the principle of uncertainty. Uncertainty. No, I won't judge him, and I'll let the truth judge. You know, and I'll just tell him, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna let the light, the truth, shine and judge him. The principle of uncertainty. The principle of uncertainty. If, if you're uncertain, then you don't know the truth, by definition. So if you but don't what if know, you're certain, but you're wrong in your certainty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's one of uh, the places where you really can see that you need to reevaluate. Re <laughs> I think that that's a tough one because if you are uncertain and you know you're uncertain, I think that's a good place for questions. If you are if you are right. wrong and you are certain that you're right, but you're actually wrong, that's more dangerous, I would think. Yeah, but also if you if you if you go that far, like uh, trying to be really honest. I'm just going to take a pause for a second. Okay. Yeah, so you're talking about living by these principles. Yeah, and how they can help you. You know, and you were saying about this principle of uncertainty. What if you think you're certain, but you actually should not, because it's not that true. So what which, is, which, which has my, been my Christian life. My Christian life has been to believe something strongly that is not true. And to base my salvation, and more importantly, the salvation of those around me, on a false idea that I was taught, oh. I learned, I embraced, and I didn't question, and it was wrong. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is wonderful because I experienced the same. And I uh, used to be that guy that in every uh, faculty and class and so on would question everything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I wouldn't go for it. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> yeah, I can't actually. Yeah. I, I, I find it, it looks like a social weakness or something, you know, yeah. but I actually can't go by something if I don't understand it, yeah. you know. So create and to understand you question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So. Uh, the, the thing is that you should not uh, be certain of something if that in itself is uncertain. So, doing this in the first place, like uh, not asserting something as certain just because you feel you need to because of social needs or because of other stuff, doing this in the first place helps your mind. And maybe you can, if you really need it, you can pose for certain for a time, like Rene Descartes did. <laughs> but. Uh, which, which is one of my favorite philosophers, oh. Rene Descartes. Yeah, oh. not many people talk about him. 
Oh. So if I say Rene Descartes, like for instance in the UK or oh. America, oh. not a lot of people recognize the name. Oh. But when I get into Europe. Europe, then more people start to recognize. They recognize his words, but they don't recognize his name. Oh. So if you say, I think, therefore I am. Thank you. Actually, um, that's Rene Descartes. And most people don't realize. They will understand, oh yeah, I think, therefore I am. They know that saying, but they don't know that's Rene Descartes. Yes, yes, yeah. I know. He's wonderful. He went on about this adapting, adopting everything. So, that's questioning everything. That's my favorite. Yeah. Is what if I don't exist? What if yeah. nothing I believe is true? Cogito Fergo Sum. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the beginning of uh, like certain maths. You know, the certain this idea of doubting everything and then building up in a logical way uh, led to our understanding of many different mathematical ideas. Yeah. I remember when I was fifth grade and they started doubting even math, math because uh, you know, the teachers were saying this thing about the equations and this thing about uh, everything else, but what if it's not true? I mean, what guarantees me that it's actually true? So, for a small period of time, while, while uh, questioning everything, <laughs> I was very bad at math for that period of time. But then I came to really understand the root of math, like numbers, what really they are, and counting and everything. So that really gave me an edge. <laughs> so when I came back uh, from that, my uh, professor said that I uh, already know the math up to the eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, that was great. A wonderful journey. Awesome. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation. I could go on longer with you. Oh. I have an interview that I have to get to, but oh. thank you so much, Andre, for joining us for this Back to Jerusalem podcast. And I want to thank you as well for downloading this Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Romania. God bless you.